I'm so excited about, I didn't get to share with this, uh, we talked a little bit about what's coming up for our fasting. So next Sunday, I'll be preaching, and then we'll start fast day on that Sunday. And then Monday night, we're having full worship band, and be here for that, just kick off that Monday night. I know a lot of you do not uh, make it on Monday nights. It's difficult because of work and life. I get it. But this particular Monday night, I want to encourage you to be here. And then our students on Wednesday, and then uh Friday night, we're going to have a freedom night. If, I think it's going to be a night of breakthrough. Uh, Carter's in the house today. He'll be speaking that night. Ann will be speaking. I will be speaking. And we're going to have a breakthrough moment in this house where we're going to launch into this new year knowing that God has set us free and that everything that's on us that needs to come off has to come off. I want you to say that with me right now. Everything that's on me that needs to come off has to come off. How many believe that? How many believe the enemy does not have access to our life except for what we allow? And it's time to shut the door on that and say, hey, this year is going to be the year of jubilee, the year of blessing, the year of hope, the year of peace, the year of just, just God doing just amazing things. And so uh, how many need this year to be a year of breakthrough financially for you? All right, so let's break off that poverty spirit right here at the beginning of the year. Let's tell it you can't have any room in our life, in any area of our life, and, and let's just move forward. And so I'm excited about that. So I'm happy to announce today that uh, my son-in-law, our worship pastor, is going to be speaking today after he just brought it, him and the worship team. Tony, dude, you brought it today. All the worship team was amazing today. And... Uh, so, yeah, come on, bro. I'm loving you. Check, check, check. Cool. Awesome. Man, that worship team plays forever. Um, I would, too, I think it was, I think it was 2012, uh, my youth group, we went to a conference in Baton Rouge at Healing Place. Does this sound okay? Is this all right? All right. Um, in Healing Place, and I think it was the opening night, uh, Pastor Jabin Chavez, I don't know if any of you are familiar with him, uh, fantastic dude, very talented and anointed. Uh, but so the band came out, he was front and center, he led probably five, six, seven songs, and then he transitioned everyone, took his, took his guitar off, transitioned everyone from worship to message and then preached like an hour-long message and it was amazing and it was crazy. I remember sitting there as like a little kid thinking, how in the world did he do that? That's got to be wild. This is before I ever played an instrument, before uh, I even know that I would ever speak. Um, And uh, I just thought how cool it was. And then we had a few worship leaders out this week and I thought, well, I'm going to get to figure that out now. So it was a, uh, but I mean, yeah, seriously, Tony, kill it, dude. I love you. Um, thankful for this whole team. Uh, I love being able to pastor them and walk with them and uh, just uh, this journey through life, you know, together. And I always say at all of our team meetings, I don't have all the answers, but we can sit down and figure them out together. And I think that's a really healthy way to approach anything. Uh, and so I love these guys. Thankful for them. And, uh, and so today... Uh, I thought it was fitting uh, just to talk about, you know, the New Year's right around the, the corner. Uh, this is the last service of 2018. 
Uh, and I thought it was fitting to talk about our goals and resolutions and, and, and our, you know, the vision that we have for 2019. Uh, and I'm a songwriter, and, and, and so I, I like to write a lot. And so I'm going to read this thing that I wrote to you. Um, and so I, I wrote, with the new year around the corner, it's the time that we begin to dream. We make resolutions and we have goals for the year ahead of us and the thought of the next 365 days that are riddled with hope of the unknown, hope of all of the possibilities. We're filled with the wonder of what could possibly happen. And when we dream, it excites us, and it also excites the Lord. Our thoughts begin to let go of reality and go to the places that we lived in as children. But of course, our dreams are a little different now. We might finally lose that weight, or we might finally gain that weight. We might finally have that family prayer time in the evening. We might finally read our Bible for 10 or 15 minutes a day. And we might read more than one book throughout the year. And the majority of the time we burn out before we ever see the fruit of our dreams and goals. And I think the reason being is because as people, we burn out because our doing supersedes our being. We find identity in the doing rather than the being of who we are and who our Father is and what He said about us and how much he loves us, and how much he's rooting for us to, co- to accomplish the things that we've set ahead of ourselves. Or we set goals on things that really don't hold much value or weight in our life, and we simply lose interest. Or the fast food America mindset sets in, and we just give up. And so today, I want to talk about how we combat that, and how we battle that, because we all deal with it. Uh, we all walk through this thing. Um, and I'll preface it by saying this, I don't believe that these three points are the only way to, to win this thing. I don't think that, um, that these three things are the key and the only answer. Obviously, we're different people. We receive differently. Uh, we walk throughout life differently. Uh, we hear things differently. And so I don't want you to, to, to walk away from this and think, if I don't do those three things, I'm going to fail. You're not. Get with the Lord. Ask Him uh, what makes sense for you. And, uh, and that's how we're going to be successful. All right? Um, and so the first thing that I just want to talk about um, it's just the whole idea of resolutions, of goals. And, and honestly, I got to the point in my life where I just stopped making them altogether uh, because I was tired of uh, not completing them. And then when you don't complete your goals, you feel bad about it, and you ultimately feel disappointed. And it, for me, it was like, well, I'm just not going to set the expectation. You know, I'm not going to tell myself I'm going to do this when I haven't done it for the past three years. And in reality, I know I'm not going to do it. And so for me, I, I almost got to the place where I, in this sense, stopped dreaming. And, uh, and that's a dangerous, dangerous place to live, a dangerous place to be. Uh, and I don't think that we're called to do that. I, don't, I think that we are called to be dreamers. I think we are called to have expectations. Uh, I think we're called to partner with the Lord on the things that we're supposed to take part of in life. And, uh, and so I want to say, before we even start, set some goals, set some dreams, set some vision, Partner with the Lord to do that, uh, because I think that's healthy. All right, um, and so first point that I wrote down is uh, we have got to stop making ourselves so busy as a people. We have to learn how to find some rest, and I think at, not, not even as a people, but as a country, we haven't learned how to rest. We've 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 somehow molded this mindset that equates busyness to productivity. And, and we have this mindset in life that the busier we are, the better, and the more we're doing. Uh, in actuality, that's not true. And we've created an extremely unconducive method of work and, and work ethic of how we do things. And I think we have to come back to the basics on that. I think we have to, 
to, it's going to be tough, but I think we have to leave this mindset of the busier the better. We have to leave this mindset uh, that we work for rest, um, when in, in actuality we should work from rest. We should work from a restful place. Um, and I thought this was really interesting, um, but in, in most countries, uh, they are required 30 days off out of the year. They are required to take off a month out of the year, and it's paid leave because the government has got, be- got behind the idea that our people need rest. I think that's very interesting. You know, obviously, I don't think that's the problem with, you know, <laughs> I don't think that's the answer, but I think that's something very interesting that, that, that just points back to that idea of we haven't learned how to rest. We haven't learned how to be a restful people. And I think that's, that's very, very important to how we get things done in life. We have to stop being so busy. We have to stop giving ourselves so many things to do and learn how to sit and rest. Um, I think it's very interesting. Uh, you know, in Genesis, God made man on the sixth day. What was the seventh day? Our first day on the face of the planet was a day of rest. God formed us. He knew us. And the next day he woke up, cooked some breakfast, and said it's a day of rest. He knew, he knew that we started with rest. And even looking out through, throughout Genesis 1, uh, and it says, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. There was evening and there was morning the second day. There was evening and there was morning the third day. So on. It doesn't say there was morning and then there was evening. It says it was evening and then there was morning. They started with rest. The evening is where we sat down. We had dinner. We went to sleep. We woke up and we took on the day. That right there is the importance of rest. God said it before us. Our first day on the earth was a day of rest. That's important to take into consideration. God knew before, the, before it, before it all. He knew that we were people of rest and we needed it. And so I think it's time we listen to that, right? Um, and it's just like the same thing that we talk about with finances. If you don't tell your time where to go, it will tell you where to go. If you don't tell your time where to go, your time will tell you where to go. And it's really important that we take hold and take control of the things that God has given us dominion over. And in and, and, and our life, the things that we have, the goals that we set ahead of ourselves, the, the, the dreams and visions, if we don't make time to do it, we'll never do it. And so we have to tell our time where to go. We have to take control of that and say, my time will no longer dictate my life, but I'm going to dictate the time in my life. And we even see Jesus setting boundaries around his time. Uh, in Mark chapter 4, 35 through 40, it, it, you know, we, we've talked about it before, the day when the evening came. He said to the disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, he took him along. They took him along, just as he was in the boat, and there were other boats around him. A furious squall came up. We've talked about it. The woes broke over the boat. So it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. His disciples woke him up. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? We know the rest of that. And I think it's important to look at that. Jesus sees the work that has to be done in that moment. He sees the people that need him. He sees the people that need healing. 
He sees the demons that need to be casted out. He sees the work that is there for him to do. But instead of going and doing that, and then after he finishes all that, he can go rest. He chooses to take his disciples and go rest before anything is done. Jesus knew the importance of rest, and he was sleeping. And I think it's really, like, I think that is the key thing that we need to look at, that Jesus, the Son of God, saw the work that needed to be done, saw the to-do list that has to be finished, saw the deadlines, and he took his disciples and he rested with them. Jesus knew that he needed to stop and rest. And we see in Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42, it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted by much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. And the Lord answered, saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And I want you to hear my heart on this. Obviously, if Martha wasn't doing her thing, the house wouldn't have been clean, and there would have been no food for people to eat, and that would have been a problem in itself. But the, what the Lord is saying here is, Martha, there is a time to work, and there is a time to rest. And your sister's chosen the good portion. Come sit at my feet, listen to my teaching. Right? We can so busy ourselves in life with having to do the little things that we forget to do the one thing. That's be in the presence of the Lord and be in communion with the Lord and who He is. Again, we don't work for rest, we work from rest. We need to get that in our being. We need to get that at our core. And when we can handle that, we're going to see a lot more fruit in the things that we do. Um... So the, the second point that I want to make uh, is we have to center our, our identity before we find our goals. And basically saying we have to find our identity before we find our goals. Um, let me pop over here uh, to Ephesians. Uh, in chapter 2 it talks about our identity. Um, you can go read through that whole thing if you want, but it gives us some identity. In verse 6 it says, uh, well, verse 5, Even when we are dead in our trespasses, and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated, seated, seated us with him in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. And so it continues on. So we find our identity and we're seated. Right? We continue on. And if we flip over to chapter 4, two chapters down, the first verse, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. We have our identity and we're seated with him in heavenly places. And he doesn't tell us to walk until chapter 4. Two whole chapters go by before he tells us to get up. That's noteworthy. That's something to look at. And I'll say this, and I wasn't prompted by the Lord to say it, it's just something that I want to say because I'm passionate about it. Our identity doesn't come from the Enneagram. It doesn't come from any personality test. It doesn't come from getting coffee with our friends and saying what the Lord is saying about the other person. It doesn't come from anything than being in communion with God. 
and this. And I, look, I'm not against those things. I'm not saying these things are evil. They're tools that we can use to better ourselves. Absolutely, 100%, I believe in them. I love them, and I'm for them. But when we look to these things to find ourselves and find our identity, we're falling into a trap. If we look at these things as factual and as scripture, then we're falling into a trap. This has our identity in it. And having intimacy with God on a personal level helps us identify ourselves. And before we ever set a New Year's resolution, before we ever set a goal in our life, a vision in our life, we have to center ourselves before the Lord and find our identity in who He's called us to be. And the cool thing about that is when we do that, when we center ourselves before the Lord, when we find our identity, when we talk about, let me move this so I don't break it. It's $400. Um... When we center ourselves before the Lord, when we find who He has called us to be, when we find these things and we set our goals, our goals will automatically align with God's will. When we're in communion with the Lord, whenever we're, we're hearing what He is saying over us, when we set the goals for our life, when we set the things that we want to do, they're automatically going to be in alignment with what God has set over us. And that makes your goals ten times easier to accomplish because you know you're on the right path. And this is another thing that I wanted to kind of talk about because I'm passionate about it, is all of your goals are not going to be spiritual. The goals that you set for yourself in 2019, the, the things that you want to do, they, they probably will not all be spiritual things, you know, whether it's going to the gym more or this and that. But I want to tell you, God still cares about that. God cares about every single thing that, that, that you have on your heart. He cares about every desire that you have on your heart. And he wants to see you accomplish those things. All right? So partner with God on everything that you set before yourself, whether it is, whether it's spiritual or not. Ask God what he thinks about it. And even in the simple things, ask him to give you dreams and visions and words and strategies that will inspire you and excite you with wonder. Because whenever we can stay inspired, it's really easy to get things done that we want to do. And I think one of the biggest things is, is keeping that inspiration, inspirational fire within us. And I think just ask the Lord for that. And he'll give it to you. Whether it's reading your Bible more or going to the gym. Ask the Lord to help you with it. Ask the Lord to partner with you on those things. And he's faithful to do that. We have to center our identity before we find our goals. And so we did this uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I like to practice it often. And I've kind of incorporated it with you guys. But I just want us to take a moment. I don't want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. And when we do that, you don't have to do it yet, but when we do that, I want you to just ask the Lord to yourself or out loud, however you want to do that. Just ask the Lord. Just say, Father, what, what do you call me? Who do you call me? What do you say over me? Or it could be something like, what, are, what is a promise that you've spoken over me? And remind me of these things. So either ask the Lord one of three things or two things. What do you call me? Or what is a promise that you've spoken over me? And after you say that, everybody just shut up. Everybody just be quiet. That was aggressive. I didn't mean for it to be aggressive. <laughs> just, just be quiet. Just bow your heads, close your eyes, and listen for the Lord because He's faithful to answer when you ask Him. And this is a simple way to practice communicating with God and conversing with God. And so I want us all to do that right now. Everybody bow your heads. No one talking, no one moving. Just ask the Lord one of those two questions.
All right. Everybody raise your heads. Take a deep breath. In and out. Relax. Raise your hand if you heard something. Raise it high. High, high, high. Look at that. Look around the room. The Lord is faithful to commune with you and communicate with you whenever you just ask him. And I want to invite you into that. In, in 2019, as we go into this new year, practice that. Practice that. Whenever you wake up in the morning, whatever your morning routine is, grab, make some coffee, grab some on the way to work, and simply just take a moment just to be quiet and ask the Lord, what do you call me? And just listen. It is so inspiring and it's so peaceful just to hear him communicate with you and, and, and call you by name and call you what he's called you. It's something that's going to help you center yourself before every single day, before you start off the day. It's going to help you just navigate through life. It's going to, it's going to be such a clear and, and, and peaceful and joyful moment whenever you begin to practice this. And so I want to invite you in to do that. Um, I like to practice it, uh, whether it be throughout the day or in the morning or at night, whatever it be, just simply asking the Lord a question and just listening because he's faithful to answer. Okay? And so before we set our goals, before we set our resolutions, before we set the dreams and visions, let's center ourselves and find our identity uh, in the Father before we make a list of what we're going to do. And when we do that, it's going to line up with God's will, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be a joy to get these things done. Right? Um, and so kind of the last thing that I want to talk about, uh, and this was um, something that probably took the most just kind of thought through, but I thought it was very important to put it in. And it's one of those things that we talk about often, and it can almost become a churchism if you're not careful with it, just because we do talk about it so often and everyone says it and it's hard to understand. And then at the end of the conversation when you're done talking about it, it's like, I don't know what we talked about because it just sound, it's just normal that we talk about it. Uh, and so I want to talk about understanding the gap seasons in life. Um, and I've defined the gap seasons as the space between our dreams and our goals that we've partnered with God on and the reality of them. And there's going to be waiting seasons. There's going to be times where we're in those gap seasons. And it's hard to navigate. And it can be very, very frustrating. To come at those seasons with the wrong mindset. If we come to these gap seasons with the mindset of, when is this thing going to get done? God, you said this to me. Why is it not happening? Why is it not happening? You're just, honestly, you're just beating against a cement wall. You're not getting anywhere. You're frustrated. You're angry. And things can die in those moments. Dreams can die in those moments. It's happened before. And we have to understand that the goal of a gap season, the goal of these, these gap times in life is not to make you wait. It's not to make you frustrated. It's not to make you see the things that you don't have. But most of the time, the Father is trying to speak to you and teach you something in that moment that you have to understand. Yeah. And most of the time, the thing that he's teaching you and the thing that he's speaking to you in these gap seasons, 
most of the time, ultimately, is more important than the thing that you're wishing for and the thing that you're dreaming for and the thing that he's already spoken over your life. The Lord's trying to communicate with you in these gap seasons. He's not trying to frustrate you. He's not trying to, to hold you up. He's not trying to bind your hands. He's trying to teach you something. And so when we come at these gap seasons with the mindset of not, when is this happening? When is this happening? When is this happening? When is this happening? God, you said this would happen. God, make this happen. You said it. You said that this would happen. But coming to it with the mindset, saying, God, what are you trying to teach me right now? What are you trying to speak to, to, speak to me right now? God, let me in on this secret. What are you trying to do right now in this moment? When we can understand and come to these gap seasons with this mindset, it's going to change our life. Amen. And instead of being frustrated and having dreams die in these moments in life, we're going to flourish through them. Right? So I have this, I have this tattoo on my arm, and Pastor Marvin loves it. And, uh, and I got it with a buddy of mine. Uh, we got it right before we left from New York. Uh, and if you can't see it, it's literally just a line and then a little bit of a shorter line. And, uh, and so we got this. He was going off to New York. He was going to chase some dreams, and he did. And, uh, and so we got it with this mindset of, you know, this is where we start in life, right here at the beginning. And we can get all the way to here and our own strength. But to get to this side, which is the goals and the dreams and the things that God has set over us, God's got to step in this middle. He's got to step in this gap. And, uh, and so he called me uh, sometime either two weeks ago or last week or something like that. It was probably 11 o'clock at night. And he calls me and he says, hey, dude, what are you doing right now? I was like, uh... Holly's asleep. I'm probably going to go to sleep soon too. Uh, what's up? You know what? This is. It's got to be interesting. You're calling me at eleven. He says, "So I'm about to burn my Christmas tree, and I was going to see if you wanted to come over and we could just hang out and watch it burn together, and just hang out." And then, so me being the responsible adult that I am, I said, "Holly, I'm going to Connor's house. I'll be back." <laughs> and so I texted him or called him back. I was like, "Heck yeah, I'm on my way. This is going to be great." And, uh, and so we did. We sat around and <laughs> literally just stood around and watched the tree burn. And it was great and magical and warm. And it was fantastic. And, and so after, I mean, obviously, Christmas trees only burn for a couple minutes. It's like, you know, it's like, all right, that was fun. Like, what now? What can we burn now? Uh, <laughs> and so we, end, we ended up just sitting in some lawn chairs in his backyard and just talking. And so we both have this tattoo and so he was just sharing with me about what the Lord has been speaking to him in this moment, in this season of life. He just moved back home. Uh, he's just uh, settling his family in. He's just getting back. And, uh, and so he, he, he was sharing with me what the Lord has been speaking to him over it. And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, the most important part of this tattoo is the place that's not tattooed. And he said, everything on this, li- on this timeline of your life the most important part of it is going to be the unknown. The most important and most crucial parts of your life are going to be the areas where you have no control, where you're waiting, 
and where you're completely relying on me and who I am. And so he's sharing this with me. We're literally like in his backyard in the dark in a few lawn chairs. And I'm like, dude, that changes everything. That changes the whole game. We have a completely new meaning for the tattoo. <laughs> and it is this moment where like his revelation got passed to me. And it was this cool little moment that we shared together at midnight in his backyard in some lawn chairs where we, where we figured out, the Lord spoke to him and said, the most important part and the most crucial parts of your life are going to be the, the seasons where you have no control, where you're wondering and where you're waiting. That's good. Where I am going to fill the gap. I'm going to speak to your life. I'm going to make it happen. And so don't get frustrated in these seasons where we have dreams and goals and visions that God has given us, but we lack the resources or tools to make it happen in our own power because those are the seasons that God loves. And so when we come at it with this mindset of not, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, but the Lord is trying to speak to me, he's trying to teach me something, and I'm going to position myself to receive whatever he's trying to do, we're going to flourish through those gap seasons. We're going to grow and thrive in these moments in life. And this all brings me, this all reminds me, you know, Genesis 17, when God promises Abraham a son, and then 25 years later, he sees it happen. For 25 years, he had this promise that God had given him. Almost three decades between the promise that God gave him and the fruition of it. And I can't imagine the moments in his life. I can't imagine how many pregnancy tests he bought (laughs) for 25 years. I can't imagine this, this waiting Like, God, you said this to me. It's all about how we position ourselves. It's all about how we come into that season and the mindset that we carry. Whether it's going to determine if our dreams die or if our dreams grow and flourish. These seasons allow you to strategize with the Father. And that's a really cool thing, to partner with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the world. We get to strategize and and have these conversations with the Lord. And I think if we can come to these things with that mindset, it's going to make it really, really important for us. And these seasons aren't going to be the struggle bus waiting to, you know, waiting for it to happen, but it's going to be a life just filled with hope and joy in all seasons. And so, Heather, you can come play for us, wherever she is. There she is. Everybody give it up for Heather. Um, And I think one of the most important things that we're going to talk about You know, as we go into 2019, as another year is coming upon us, I think one of the most important things for all of us to remember and to make a a stronghold in our life and, and just to set it before our eyes is this thought of we have got to stop taking this whole thing so seriously. 
We've got to learn just how to have some fun with God. This whole thing is not that serious. God wants you to have fun with him. If we're going to go after this thing that God is our father and we don't think he wants to have fun with us, then we've missed it. Whenever we dream, it excites his heart. It excites everything that he is. Whenever we dream with him. So we've got to learn how to just take a breath. Rest for a moment. Find our identity. And we have to understand that the gap seasons are not meant to kill you. They're not meant to crush you. And most importantly, if you don't hear anything I say today, have fun with the Lord. Have fun with your life. The Father wants to be so intertwined in your daily basis. That just simply joy excites his heart. Have some fun. Don't take it all too seriously. I even feel right now that there's some things, there's some dreams that you've had or some goals that you set that have crushed you. And you feel like your ability to dream is broken. And so right now in declaration, I say in 2019, we're dreaming. In 2019, we're confident in who the Lord calls us. In 2019, we are dreaming. We are going to be a people who dream. In 2019, we're going to flourish through the gap seasons. In 2019, we're going to grow in the gap seasons. In 2019, we're going to have fun with God. The Lord is restoring hope today. The Lord is restoring your ability to dream today. I remember as a young child, most weeks out of the night, I would go to my room, I would open up the blinds to my window, and we had these like really, these like little Mickey Mouse iPod things that you put cards in and it played the soundtrack that you put in it. And uh, 
and I'd play this one, this one thing. I don't even remember what it was. But I used to play this one little album, and I used to sit in my window as a little child and look at the stars and just think the possibilities that are there. At such a young age, the Lord gave me a revelation that the world was so much bigger than, than me. And I couldn't help but have this thing boiling inside me of what are the possibilities. And I feel like there's people in here today, there's some of us in here today that the world has told you you can't dream and the world has crushed the things that you've desired for. But we serve a bigger God than that. So today, be restored. Let that thing in you rise up. And I think it's time that we take some responsibility and we start dreaming for our city. I think it's time for us to stop saying somebody else is going to do it, and I think it's time for us to do it. I was sitting in Courtyard uh, Cafe, which is a little coffee shop in downtown, uh, and I was preparing for, for this right here, right now. And so I had my stuff laid out in front of me, and, and, and in a moment, I looked up from everything, and I was completely in a vision. I was completely in a different world. I was in this trance. This, the Lord just brought me to this place, and I'm looking out of the window. I'm sitting in the back of the house, and so I can see straight out, um, out of this place, and, and there's the window, and there's the street, and there's cars, and people passing by, and, and, you know, just life is happening for people. And so in this vision, I saw these really dark, like, just dark skies, and people were just driving by. Nobody had a smile on their face. People were walking by, and they were just walking, not looking at anything but the ground. And in this vision, all of a sudden, I see the sky open up, and it's like if you've ever seen clouds roll in reverse, like if somebody ever videoed clouds rolling in and then played it back and played it in reverse, and they just like, it looks like waves just tumbling. And all of a sudden, these dark skies just rip open and like just it looks like waves of of white and blue and silver are just filling the sky and in this vision i saw um like people in their cars stopping in the middle of the road and getting out of their cars and looking at what's happening in the sky and they're tapping each other on the shoulder and they're like do you see this do you see this thing? And people are completely stopped. Everyone's looking up. And I saw this thing. And I think that really is a prophetic vision of what's to happen in Hammond this year. And I think it's time we start dreaming for that. It's time we start dreaming for these things because our city needs us. And so I looked this up. You might have to fact check me, Vinny. Um, but I just, so I, I looked up, what do those prophetic colors mean? And uh, obviously, I don't know, if they, I mean, they're fact now because I'm declaring them, I'm partnering with God on them, so they're, 
100% true. But I saw, the, you know, this, this sky of white and blue and silver. And so I looked up the white and it says the righteousness with God. I looked up the silver and it said the redemption. And I looked up the blue and it says the revelation. And so I think right now, if we start dreaming for Hammond in 2019, our city is going to be overcome with righteousness, redemption, and revelation. That's good. And I think it's time we start believing these things. It's time we start dreaming for these things for our city. And we're going to see it. We're going to see it happen. And so today, everybody stand with me. Everybody stand with me. Let the Lord restore you today. Let the Lord restore your ability to dream right now. Let healing happen right now. And I want us to make this declaration. I'm going to say it, and you're going to repeat me. And it's a song that's been stirring on my heart. And so together as a group, as a people, I want us to declare this together over the year to come. Right now we're setting the tone for 2019. Right now we're setting the tone for what our year is going to consist of, and it's going to consist of a lot of God and a lot of goodness, a lot of hope and a lot of joy. And a lot of dreams. And so everybody, if you would, just lift your hands with me. And repeat after me. I am strong. And I am full of life. I am steadfast. There's no compromise. I lift my sails up into the sky. I'm going to catch the wind. I am bold, no fear inside. I spread my wings and I open my life. Like an eagle whose home is the sky, I'm going to catch the wind. Like standing on the edge of the mountainside, I can feel the wind stirring, lifting me up high. I was born into freedom and I was made to fly. I'm going to catch the wind. Your faithfulness will never let me down. I'm confident I will see your goodness now. I know you hear my heart because we're singing it out. There's nothing that can stop your goodness now. I'm going to catch the wind. I'm going to catch the wind. I'm going to catch the wind.